Welcome to the CIM Marketing Podcast. The contents and views expressed by individuals in the CIM Marketing Podcast are not necessarily those of the companies for which they work. This series is currently being recorded via web conferencing. We apologise for any issues with the audio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the CIM Marketing Podcast. And how well do you know your team? How well do you know your colleagues? Perhaps not as well as you might think. You know, in these times of change, perhaps it's important that we do know a little bit more about the marketers we work with, our friends and our colleagues at work and in the office. And joining us today to help us find out how we do that is Mr. Ian McKnight, who is Senior Consultant at The Colourworks, which profiles teams and team members. Ian, how are you? Very well, thank you. It's great to have you on the show and joining us as well as someone who's been on many times before, a favourite of this podcast, Mitch Molly MacArthur, who is Digital Marketing Manager at CIM. And the reason for her visit will soon reveal itself. But we're going to start with you, Mr McKnight. Um, and you tell us a little bit about the Colourworks and what it does and why it is useful to us as marketers. So the Colourworks, we're a training consultancy. And what we do is we work with individuals, we work with teams of people, and we very often use a profiling tool, which is the insights discovery profiling tool. Um, And it uses colour as a simple way to describe human behaviour, which is why we're called the colour wax. So the, the, the insights discovery model is one of many different psychological profiling tools personality profiling tools, if you like, that are out on the market. People might have heard of the MBTI, the Myers-Briggs tool, or they might have heard of DISC or Belbin. This is one of those. The reason that we use the Insights model at the Colourworks is because we find it such an easy, simple model to work with and to grasp, but it's also very powerful. So some of the other models, although we respect them and we like them, they can get a little bit complicated to work with. The insights model is nice and clear. People remember it and therefore you get traction from it in the business. So it has a high take up value, basically. And what it does, as with all psychological profiling tools, it basically breaks human behavior down into certain categories. Right. In this case, it breaks it down into four different categories. And there's a color assigned to each category to help us remember that. And what we do is we basically give someone a questionnaire online. They answer the questions, takes about 15 or 20 minutes, which doesn't sound long, but it's enough. And we get the results back from that. And we know how much of each of those four different styles of behavior people seem to like to use and in what order they use them. So the colors are yellow, green, red and blue. I use a lot of yellow and green energy, as we call it, when I'm working. But uh, my red and my blue are weaker, and I've had to learn over the years to start to actually try to work those things a little bit better. So it's a simple profiling tool. It breaks our behavior down into categories, and it tells me what my preferences are. And from that, we can actually generate reports of information, pages of information that give you an insight into your strengths when you're working, your, your likely weaknesses, It talks to you about your communication style, how you like people to connect with you, maybe what irritates you about the way people connect with you sometimes. It gives tips for development. It helps us understand our management style and how we like to manage other people. So in a business context, this is a fabulous document because it gives a wealth of information that people can then take 
and use in their own individual development and also as a team. So these four colours then broadly, what do they all mean? Yellow, green, red and blue, the four, not primary colours, but the four classic uh, colours we learned first in primary schools. Uh, what do they mean in terms of personality and behaviours? It's a good point. I mean, we can get, you can go quite deep into these things, but on a very surface level, the yellow behaviour in us is that style of connecting with people in a very sunny way. We call it sunshine yellow. So it's a way of connecting with people and with work in a very sociable, uh, pleasurable way. We seek pleasure. We enjoy giving people pleasure. We like to work in an inspired way. Um, we like to connect. We like to be active. So that's our yellow style of behaviour. The opposite of yellow is blue, where we like to be quite detailed, quite calm, quite steady, quite independent. We like routine. We like structure. That's seen as being the opposite of the yellow style. And then we have the red and the green. The red style of, of connecting with work and people is vigorous. It's fast. It's goal oriented. We know what we have to do today and we put a lot of energy into getting it uh, done. It tends to be quite task based, the red energy, although, of course, we can use it with people as well. The opposite of that is the green behavior, which is calm, steady, very people oriented. We like to work in a non-threatening, non-urgent environment. Um, and we just calmly get on with what we're doing in a nice way. Each of the styles has got a motto. So the yellow motto is involve me because I like being involved in many things. That's stimulating to me. The red energy is be brief, be bright and be gone. Just keep things short, keep it interesting and then let's move on because I've got lots to do today. The green style is show me you care because actually that's a strong part of how I connect with people. And the blue style is just give me some detail. So that's the four different styles. Very, very interesting. I love the breakdown of the styles that you've just outlined. Is it best then in a team to have a homogenous team? You know, we're all, everyone's aligned. You've got, you've got five people all sort of yellow with green tinges. Or is it best to have a nice mix, a rainbow in your marketing unit? That's a good question, isn't it? We try to say that there is no way that it should be. What we say is, what have you got and how are you going to use it? But diversity is recognised as just being a cornerstone of effective teams. So what we say is, if you have got a lot of people who do seem to work in a similar style, then it's really quite useful for that team to learn to reach into those areas that come less naturally to them. So I've worked with one team who were uh, out of 25 people, 21 of them were blue and green, which is introverted, very detailed, very organized, very structured. That brought them all sorts of different strengths and capabilities. But on the weaker side, they weren't so yellow and red, which meant that they weren't being as innovative, as fast. They weren't communicating with people outside of their realm as much. So they had to learn to lean into that side of themselves to get a better balance. But we would say work with what you have. That's the idea of this. Interesting. Well, we, as I said earlier, I, I, I advertised earlier, we are also joined today by Molly MacArthur, who is Digital Marketing Manager at CIM. But that is not why she is here. She is here today because she herself has been through this profiling process alongside, I believe, members of her team at Moore Hall, which is CIM headquarters. Molly, how did you find it as a new manager to be profiled and to profile your team? 
It was brilliant. The level of detail that came back in these reports is so scary. How you can spend, it must have been like 15 minutes max answering a series of what seem like really simple questions about how you like to do things. Um, came back with scary amounts of detail about how everyone likes to work, um, how they like to be communicated with, what they don't like. I think the most surprising thing that came back from the team that I manage is that we're all exactly not exactly the same but we're all very very similar and so I was very excited to come on here what Ian had to had to say about that um, and if that's a good or or bad thing Um, but we're all high green high blue right no yellows in there no extroverts no silly dispositions in there no we've all got a little bit of that but all lower levels of that and really really high green and then followed by quite high blue as well but having said that we are one aspect of a marketing team we're focused on and looking at a lot of um, data and sort of pulling insights out of that but there are other members of the department that have very very different personality types. Aha so the the greens and the blues are very prevalent in the digital unit but once you moved into the wider marketing directorate other colours started to emerge is that right? Yeah that's right and also I think a lot of the more creative side were quite quite high on the yellow um, and also really high on the green too and there were definitely personalities in there that were high yellow high red and so there was a a broad mix. As you got this green blue let's call it turquoise shade to your team, what did that inform you in terms of what you need to do? Ian Ian said that those people who have a a strong preference for one uh, type of behaviour need to lead in to the other type of behaviour and presumably vice versa. So after you had done it, what action points did you take from it? Um, There are a few things that came out. Some were quite specific and some were more broad. A lot of what came up from my team is that we need a lot of information and we need time to reflect and process that information. Um, But we also need um, to be given a bit of an autonomy to sort of do things and and the given the sort of power to lead on things and make things happen. Um, There was also a few bits in there about how people like to communicate. So there was one particular person that really needs written communication that I had no idea about before and I don't even know that they knew that about themselves necessarily and so I think it gave us a much deeper understanding of each other although we're all very similar we're all coordinating supporters within this sort of colour works profile Um, everyone sort of had their slightly different ways they like to be communicated with and ways that if they were going to be given feedback not to criticise and be very careful to listen to ideas and things like that. Well, that's fascinating, though, isn't it, Ian? Because from what Molly's just said is that she is now going to nuance her behaviour slightly. She's going to actually change in some small way, but maybe in some important ways, how she manages her team and how she communicates with her team. So it's not just that she's got these interesting profiles of herself and her colleagues. It's actually changed the way that she behaves in the workplace. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a good point, Ben. I mean, really, 
what we say about the profiles is that they are only as useful as they're used. You know, it's like an exercise bike. If you don't get on it, it doesn't do anything. So the point of having the information is really to stimulate conversations. That's what we always say. Having the having these reports, having this insights model, it stimulates the conversation for me to actually start to understand me, myself better, and to understand the people that I work with better, especially if I'm a, a team leader like Molly. You know, you really do want to understand your team well and what and how to get the best out of them, really. And we're a mixture of all four different styles, but we do have dominant preferences. And so they will bring strengths and it will produce weaknesses in some respects. We're very keen that people actually accept who they are. It's not about necessarily changing and trying to perfect ourselves or get a perfect balance between these four different styles. What we do say, though, is that we can be smarter versions of ourselves and the people that we work with, we work with small businesses, large corporations, sports teams. What we find with those people is that the people who use this the most effectively are the people who actually get down and use it as a tool. How do I help to get the best out of me? How do I help to get the best out of you? I think that's one of the biggest things that I got out of it, actually, and that you just touched on there was understanding myself and how I work. I think prior to this, I was too focused on the things that I was lacking, maybe the sort of more red in me. I was focused on I don't have that sort of confidence and I like to process things. I don't like to make decisions on the spot. And I was thinking, oh, I really need to work on that and I need to make decisions faster and things like this. But this reading through the profile made me really understand and accept that no it's perfectly fine to need time to take the data take the insights and make a decision based on that and it stopped me feeling so bad about things and needing that time and I now know to ask and I can say to people okay give me a day give me an hour to reflect on that I just need to look into it a bit more and before I would have just been like oh yes that decision is fine let's go with that because I feel pressure to be that sort of person that can be decisive and I think yeah, the just peace of mind that I've got from understanding the way that I work is, I don't want to say life changing, but it it really is. It, it is it really changed the way that I work. That's a really positive way of perceiving it and conceiving it. But my question is, could that also happen in reverse, Ian and Molly, actually, is that, you know, you, you Molly's team have been told to be the sort of turquoise team, there's green and blue. Could that then lead them if they hadn't taken it to the way that Molly had taken it, think, well, actually, that means I'm a bit socially awkward, I'm a bit introverted, uh, and actually lose a bit of confidence rather than gain the peace of mind that Molly's talking about. Yeah, I mean, first of all, Molly just gave a really, really good summary of how you can use this stuff and, you know, the impact that it can have on people. But your point there, Ben, is really critical. You know, we go to great pains when we're working with clients to make sure that there is no sense of, one style of, of behaving better than another, you know, one color preference, as we would call it, one color energy. There's no good, there's no bad in this model. And what we're encouraging people to do really is to just be respectful of the different ways that we behave. If I'm more introverted and I want more time to think about things and I like to have things in writing so that I can study them and go back to them and then express an opinion in my own good time, that's a fabulous thing. Molly, how long ago did you do this profiling? Uh, it's about a year ago almost now. Right. So in that year since you have done it and then you've changed the way that you behave as a manager, have you seen any changes in your team dynamics from it, do you think? I think 
because they have a better understanding of themselves and of other people that they work with, they're very clear now in how they want to be communicated with and they feel comfortable expressing that to others. And um, like I was saying about needing time to reflect, a lot of us in the team do need that. There's less misunderstandings and communication is a lot clearer. Um, it has meant more emails, writing down uh, details of things, but that's that's not a bad thing. Um, so yeah, it has changed. It's used across the piece. It's used in all industries, big, small companies. It's used in sport. But particularly for marketing, as a marketeer who has done this thing, do you think it has any particular benefits for marketers, perhaps on the way they communicate or communicate to their audiences? Yeah, definitely. I think as a marketing team, you have to be clear on what it is that you want to communicate to your audience to get them on board and wanting to work with you, buy your product, buy your service. And so if you've not got that internal communication where there's a very clear understanding of um, how we want to present ourselves externally, um, then that that shows. And so I think having this clear communication, this understanding of how people work is massively beneficial to people in marketing. I think absolutely anyone in any industry would benefit from doing it. But having worked in marketing, I can say it's it's definitely benefited us. Presumably it doesn't come cheap. We won't go into that here. We're, we're here to interview, not to advertise. But say, for example, you're a small business and you didn't have the resources to go through this process, Ian. Are there other things that you can do to get somewhere near? I think there are, Ben, yes, because we, we are you know, conscious. We are aware of that. I think really that the point is that what we're trying to do here is to encourage people to have open and honest discussions you know, with themselves in a sense, but also with each other. You know, how do I operate? Very often, you know, the way that we work is very transactional. What have I got to do today? How am I going to get it done? How are we going to divide the work out? How much does it cost? When does it have to be done by? What you're looking at here is to just explore some of the things around my motivation for getting things done, how I'm feeling about things. So actually having these conversations is critical to any team starting to function well. One of the reasons why uh, appraisal systems and giving and receiving feedback are dreaded so often is because it's not commonplace. So mm. what we're saying to people is actually have these conversations as just a part of your daily life. Let's not make a big deal about it. I know that I'm great at some things and there are some things I struggle with. Help me to understand that so that I can actually work on one or two of them and improve the things that are holding me back the most, I'm going to be a happier guy and probably the team's going to function better as well. It does seem to bring huge benefits, but you just touched on something there which was troubling me, which is I've gone through a couple of workplace profiling exercises, not this uh, model, but a couple of others which will remain nameless. Um, And the second time was fine, but the first time I was nervous about it. In all honesty, I was nervous because I felt that somehow I was being examined or somehow I was being tested by my employer. And presumably, I just want to ask, actually, Molly, was there an element of that at first where some people thought you know, you had to reassure people that actually this was to find out what their preferences were rather than whether they were competent or incompetent? Yes, there was one person in particular, actually, that I think really struggled with that. And when they opened up to start answering the questions, it took them a really long time. And I think, um, Ian, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sort of works best if you go off your initial instinct and don't take too long to sort of um, overthink it. But they really struggled with that. And I don't know if they did it again, 
without having that in the back of their mind if it, if their profile would change slightly I think maybe they slightly geared it towards what they thought we would want from them as opposed to what felt natural to them um so yeah I think you're right it definitely it does need a quite a bit of reassuring in advance that you know this is not to say who we do and don't want to be working here this is how we all you know to support how we all work together going forward are greens and blues more likely to try and second guess it Ian? <laughs> definitely the people who are hiring blue because they're they're often very analyzing ben good spot yeah, yeah they're often very analyzing and so sometimes they do overthink as molly said it's better in a way to just go through this using a little bit of gut instinct and the and the really the context around this is important if a business is going to use this make sure that people understand it's not a test that's the first thing because a test suggests that you can fail or pass it's not one of those so we do say to people just give them the context make them understand that it's about understanding themselves not being judged do you have to keep doing it so Molly's been about a year ago do people's personalities change over time or are they sort of inert and eight if you like that you know born green forever green or is it something you should do more frequently yeah nice way of putting it i think that that people can change because we're human beings you know so if we change then the profile should change with us because we're the ones answering the questions in my experience though we don't change that much because our personalities are really quite steady from really quite a young age and what I also find with the profile is that even if I get better at using certain styles that were once weaker, the profile still teases out of me what are my preferences. Yeah. And your preferences are always going to be really quite strong. Maybe the instrument isn't as sensitive as it could be in that way. But actually, I've, I've been using this for 18 years now. I've changed a little bit, but not a lot. And people would probably say my personality hasn't changed that much either. Can you become more comfortable, though, in leaning into the, your opposite? So you know, you, you, it's interesting you said our preferences don't change much. Our personalities, frankly, as human beings, don't change much from the time we become perhaps adults, you know, or even late in our late teens. They don't change much. But can we become more comfortable at doing those reds and yellows if we're, our preferences are greens and blues? That's absolutely the aim. You know, without changing personality, it's about becoming uncomfortable. Because if I actually need to use a different style and I struggle to access it, that's going to reduce my options. So in my early career, I, I certainly used an awful lot of green and yellow, yellow and green, whichever order it was. I'm very people relating, very sociable, very helpful. That bought me all sorts of things in my career that were useful. But it also created problems for me because I tended to say yes to everybody. And I said yes to everything. I was a guy who was just interested in people and anything new. And so I had to learn to dial down that green and yellow sometimes because it got me into places that I shouldn't have been going. And I had to learn to dial up my blue, which is about persevering and focusing and concentrating. And my red, which is about hitting your deadlines and not wandering off into things that are not your business. When I spent three to six months learning to do that with my manager and my team, I became so much more effective. So what we recommend is to try to pick up on one or two small behaviours and focus on those for three, six months until we nail them. And is that something you're, you yourself are doing, Molly? We've talked about your team, but is that something you yourself are doing as a, as a, as a classic turquoise or green-blue? Are you looking to do little bits of yellow and little bits of red, a soup son of red and a dash of yellow every day? Yes, definitely. So when you do 
the profile it tells you your um conscious and unconscious profile and there's the difference between the two I think you there's a certain amount in you, know, you might have to tell me how how much but if you're pushing yourself too far out of your comfort zone um it is not so good for you and I think when I did mine a year ago I was very very new into a management role and I was about 40% I was increasing upping my different colours by about 40% from what my unconscious um, profile said that I was and Ian when you and I spoke we said oh actually you know probably don't push yourself too much further for the things that you're that you're not naturally high in because that sort of gets you a bit stressed. The idea is that we move from a, a slightly more instinctive way of working sometimes to a more professional and aware of being watched style of working. I call it my jacket and tie me in the one version and me with my jacket off and just doing what I do. The idea is that we shift backwards and forwards between those styles and sometimes the job demands things of us that we don't always have in the tank and we can rise to that challenge sometimes but if it gets too, um, if if we're asked to do it for too long or in ways that we're just not very accustomed to, that can start to tire us, stress us, and then we start to say, okay, how do we moderate this and bring ourselves back into a better balance? What is the answer recruitment? I mean, if we, you know, if 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 Molly Molly doesn't have much yellow or red in her, she she tried to go out on a Monday morning to be determined to be that week a sort of orange person, a mixture of red and yellow every day. She she would find it stressful. It's not a natural preference. Uh, uh, and it's probably not a nat- where natural skills lie, frankly. Where's the answer recruitment? That if she deems that she needs those sorts of people in her business, she goes out next time she's recruiting, looking for sort of orange profiles who mix, mix yellow with red. It's always an option, isn't it? It's always an option to, to recruit in those things. Bill Gates, you know, describes himself as quite introverted. I would say he's probably blue, introverted and thinking in our language. And he said, I recruit extroverts, you know, to do the things that I can't do. So that's one option. The other option, though, is just to say, this is who we've got as a team. We can't always just fill positions and bring people in. So what we need to do as a team sometimes is put that yellow hat on or that red hat on and say, look, we tend not to think about these different sides of ourselves. If we need to be more pacey, more red, more decisive, you know, how are we going to do that? And that then gets the team just dialing up their red for a little while without having to recruit it in. So we don't want people to be thinking that they have to have one of every style. It's just about saying, be more conscious of the things that you're weaker in because you might be missing a trick there. Do you think as a hiring manager that's high green, high blue, I would be naturally more attracted to people in the hiring process that are similar to me? Or is it just that people that work in this particular area that I work in are more likely to be high green, high blue? That's a really good question, isn't it? I'm not sure I can give you any definitive answer, but I think it's probably well known that we tend to be quite attracted to people who are like us, you know, because they resonate with us. They say things that feel attractive to us and familiar to us. But I think if we're consciously going into a hiring process and saying, well, actually, I do need a different mix here, then you can start to say, OK, this person maybe has got something different to me. As long as I can bring that into the team and help them gel with the team and not clash with the team, that's going to be really useful. Do you, are you more conscious of it yourself now, Molly? You know, when you're going to work every day, you're conscious of the fact that, A, you're green, blue, turquoise if you like your team are green blue turquoise and line therefore they demand certain times of communication and when you come to recruit 
you're conscious that you've got a fairly a fairly homogenous team is that something you're you're conscious about every day yeah but I think I look at it in a very positive way really focus on the benefits that we bring as a team and how we work there are so many benefits to really taking the time to make careful considered decisions rather than rushing into things and so I do think about it a lot but in a more positive way and in a way that motivates people so although we were all we all really really similar profiles I because I'd progressed into the role I didn't actually hire any of those people but only last month I went through the hiring process for somebody new so I'm very interested to see if their profile comes out the same or not. Is it a danger? It's interesting because if you look at the digital marketing side, you might stereotypically say that a green blue profile is probably a good fit for that. For that, but is there a danger that you have a, a unit in a business, in this case a digital marketing program, and that perhaps your account managers, those are client facing or supplier facing, are very very red and yellow in uh, in, in star? That when those two teams Ian and Molly have to sort of merge and, and engage with each other. There's a bit of a clash of styles, a bit of clash of personality. I wouldn't say that I've experienced any major clashes like that, but what doing the profile has allowed us to do because of the wider department have done it, if there are times where we need to have an important discussion with somebody about something or have a difficult conversation, we can reflect back and look, okay, how should I not do this? What's what's the way that they do not like to be communicated with? And what are the best ways to get this across to, to work well? But um, actually, I think it's it has worked well to have a mix of those different people in it. I've not seen any clashes yet. You're aware of the profiles of your colleagues and outside your direct team? Yes, I've seen some of them, yeah. Quite useful. It's very useful. Yeah. And I think most of the ones that I've seen, I've been quite surprised by. Right. Um, there's some people where I, I like guess that they were really high blue or high green, but um, no, total opposite. So it's super interesting to have a look through. So that's a really good point about the clashing and, and you know, whether you get teams that are high in certain sort of styles. I'm working with a client at the moment where there are many people in the marketing department who are really quite strong in yellow and red. They are very innovative, creative, described by the R&D people quite often as fluffy because they come up with interesting ideas that don't seem to have much substance. And then the people in the marketing team are sort of saying about the R&D people that they're very blue, they're rather too logical and linear. They need everything explaining to them before it's actually the detail has been you know, worked out anyway. So what we're doing is we're getting them together and they're having a laugh about this actually and kind of going, OK, fair cop. We're working to some stereotypes here and they're actually starting to understand the benefits of the two styles, but also how to bridge the gap, how to communicate with each other. So that's been a nice opportunity to do that. That's really fascinating, isn't it? That actually knowing the profiles of not just your direct reports and managers, but your colleagues out elsewhere in the business is very useful because you learn to understand them more. You know, the, the, the behaviour that perhaps maybe rubbed you up the wrong way, you start to say, OK, I can see why they behave in that way. And what are the benefits of their behaviour? And how can we find this sort of symbiosis where I bring what I've got to the table and they bring what they've got to the table and we get the best benefit for the business? Exactly. There's a there's a Cambridge professor that said once that what makes me great can also make me difficult sometimes. And I think that's a really good way of thinking about it. I have all sorts of qualities, but if I dial them up too high or use them in the wrong way with the wrong person, they might actually come out as weaker areas. 
You can also flip that around, Ben, and say that whatever makes me difficult actually also makes me great. So if you're struggling with me, work backwards sometimes and see my qualities, and then you hope that people draw together. So I think you've hit on a good point there. It's fascinating. What a great discussion. And it sounds to me like something that we should all be considering doing, profiling ourselves and our teams for business benefits and also to enjoy each other's company more. Ian McKnight, Molly MacArthur, thank you very much for your time today and your insights. It's been a great podcast and we hope to get you both back very soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the CIM Marketing Podcast on your platform of choice. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and review. We'd love to hear your feedback. CIM Marketing Podcast.